in today's show. We're recapping all of the action from Thursday. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode of Locked On Fantasy Basketball is brought to you by McDonald's. McDonald's has been proudly serving communities since 1965, and it's always been a place to get more than a place to get tasty and affordable food. It's a place where friends and family from the community can come together. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Thank you also to you guys for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Thursday, five games. We're going to talk about those today, but let's do what we usually do to start off the show and cover off some news. LeBron James is out for at least a week with this abdominal uh, strain issue. Fucking goat outside. It's just a goat. No, it's a fucking goat. With LeBron out, the uh, Lakers decided to start Avery Bradley in his place. They're not going to have Horton Tucker or Ariza or none or those guys back anytime soon. So you think Monk and Bradley and those guys and Bazemore get a boost. But really what it's going to do is just give extra value to Davis and Westbrook. And, and Carmelo Anthony probably gets a little bit of a bump there as well, you know, helping to maintain some of his 12-team value. But I don't think there's going to be any necessarily huge pickups because of LeBron's absence. Deeper leagues, you do look for a Monk or you do look for a Bazemore, but not really in 12s. The Sixers did have some COVID issues before today's game, with Isaiah Joe being ruled out uh, due to health and safety protocols, but the game was able to continue and everyone else was passed clear. So that's good news there. Scotty Barnes is back for the Raptors. Also good news for the NBA and for Raptors fans. The investigation into, or the report about an investigation into Robert Sava and the Phoenix Suns. This needs to be mentioned. The Suns are still playing. There was no thought of any players, according to Monty Williams, you're sitting out or being disturbed by the allegations. They're not great allegations, of course, from Sava. We've heard things about Sava plenty of times in the past, and now this report is out there. There's going to be an investigation into the NBA. Whether this means it's a Donald Sterling-type situation, I have no idea. It doesn't appear to be as open and shut a case as the Sterling one, because, of course, we had tapes with that one, which at this point we don't. We've got yeah, testimony from people, including former coach Earl Watson, but we don't have any recording. So we'll see what the NBA and Adam Silver and the other uh, board of governors decide to do in this situation. But it is something that is important across the NBA landscape to see exactly which direction they do end up going in this Robert Sava scenario. Um, D'Angelo Russell's not practicing. They don't expect his injury to be serious, but I would expect he doesn't play the rest of this week. And then back next week would be my guess there. So that gives Patrick Beverly that nice little bump in value. Well, Drew Holiday, it looks like he is going to return. Uh, his teammate, Brooke Lopez, is out for Friday, but uh, Drew has been listed as probable. So some good news to get him back in action. And then that impact on Connaughton and Hill and Grayson Allen. We'll see how that all goes. And you know, as Middleton and Lopez filter back in as well, that's going to have uh, you know, trickle-down effects on the impact of those fringy sort of players uh, like your Connaughtons that we've spoken about pretty much all season and see what value they can uh, end up bringing. Let's look now 
at the top ads over the last 24 hours. The number one player who's been added in that time frame is Jay Crowder. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. So we know he had a really big game last time out, but the inconsistency with this bloke's a problem. I don't mind adding him in, especially as a streamer for Thursday's games, which is part of the reason that he was added. But long-term, he's probably not going to be a hold. George Niang was a big-time add as well, and I guess it helps even more that Furkan Korkmaz was out. Now, he wasn't quite as good on Thursday, but he does have some short-term value. Um, Nick Batum up 19%, and um, yeah, that's fine. Again, it's more of a short-term or a streaming-type scenario for Batum. When Morris is back, it does hurt him. But his overall value isn't like I'm smashing top 100, therefore must be held in all scenarios. I do think Jalen Brunson needs to be added everywhere. He's now up over 70%, so he's rostered in most spots, but jumped up 14 percentage points over the last 24 hours as everyone jumped on board. Jay Sean Tate's up 12%. I'm a little bit worried about the inconsistency, the minutes with House and Gordon, and, how, and, and KJ Martin stepping up as well. Tater's fine, but I don't think he's must. Uh, Thad Young's up 10. That's a nice short-term ad. While Korkmaz was up 10, unfortunately, he didn't play today. I still think he's a worthwhile 14-team league guy. While Hassan Whiteside, people believe the fake Rudy Gobert news. They believe it. They obviously don't listen to this podcast or follow me on Twitter or uh, follow Basketball Monster. Rudy Gobert is not out. We saw him play today, but people went and added Hassan Whiteside because of that. Now, Whiteside was fine as a streamer regardless because he puts up blocks and rebounds and field goal percentage. And on a five-game day, that worked. But these people were panicking and adding in Whiteside because they thought that Go... They, not they thought. Gobert was incorrectly listed as out. And I can't believe that that out status stu- stayed for, for as long as it did when it was clearly wrong. So the people at Rotowire did not fix that error. And the people at ESPN and Yahoo, despite, I'm sure, millions of people tweeting at them, well, not millions, but yeah, definitely hundreds, probably thousands tweeting, and no one went in to say, hey, this is wrong. Rudy Gobert is not out. That stayed up for ages, and that was a gigantic mistake in that situation. Let's look at the top drops over the last 24 hours. Dwight Powell and Dorian Finney-Smith. A lot of them were just streamed in with Porzingis out. I still think they can be streamable, guys, but yeah, you don't need to hold them. Lonnie Walker, down 7%. Hello. I think we're seeing Devin Vassell push ahead of him. Doug McDermott's back. Walker's not worth holding in 12s. That makes sense. Royce O'Neal. Don't know why he would have been dropped before Thursday considering there was a game for the Jazz on. That's the only reason you would hold him. Eric Bledsoe down 6%. No problem getting rid of him. Jaden McDaniels down almost 6 No problem there. And Kelly Oubre Jr. down 5% as well. All of those guys are clear drops. The only one I probably wouldn't have dropped would have been O'Neal just because I could have used him on Thursday. But everyone else, they do not need to be held in any sort of 12-team situation. But I've got to tell you that today's Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast is brought to you by McDonald's. McDonald's has been proudly serving communities since 1965. And McDonald's has always been more than just a place for tasting affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come together to reconnect. You go there after school. You go there after your sporting event, training, games, whatever. You go there as a reward for having a big performance. Hey, little guys, you want a couple of cheesies? Yeah, mate, let's go to Macca's. There you go. I'm sure you've all had that conversation before. You're on a, a road trip and you drive past the McDonald's. You go, man, I could smash a 20-pack of nuggets. That reminds me of that time I was in America when I went there and they had a 50-pack of nuggets. I went, you know what? Let's go. I've had 20s before. I've had 40. Can I knock out a 50? I knocked out 43. So I wasn't too far off. But McDonald's brings back these memories. We all know our local McDonald's. So why don't you go to your local McDonald's and refuel and reconnect? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. And I'll tell you what else I love. Getting a good night's sleep. It is really, really important for getting your brain and your body to function correctly. So, me and LeBron, we agree. 
Sleep is very important. That's why LeBron has teamed up with Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation to activate the power of sleep. They've teamed up with me as well, obviously. When it comes to athletes, we tend to focus on their physical fitness, but there's another side to the game that's just as important, mental fitness. Calm is the number one app for sleep and meditation, and teaming up with LeBron helps you train your mind to become the champion version of yourself. Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, reduce your stress, and perform at your best just like LeBron. For LeBron, sleep is a critical part of his mental fitness routine. So head to calm.com slash locked on NBA, and for a limited time, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium subscription. With Calm, you have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves and so much more like sleep stories and meditation so you can be ready for any challenge that life throws your way. Again, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm and get a 40% discount on a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash locked on NBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on NBA. That's calm.com slash locked on NBA. I always wonder when I say calm, C-A-L-M, do you guys know what I'm saying? Should I say it in an American accent? Calm, calm. Or should I say it like real Aussie? Calm, calm. It's a weird word. And if you say it too many times, like the 30 times I said it in that ad read, you do get a little bit loopy. All right, let's go on to the first game of the day. That first game was the Philadelphia 76ers ending up beating the um, Detroit Pistons pretty comfortably in the end. 109.98. Now, this spread was really weird. It was like four and a half before the game, which didn't make a lot of sense. The Sixers win it. Tyrese Maxey plays 45 minutes with Harris out, Green out, Korkmaz out, Isaiah Joe out. Maxey was pretty good. 20 points on only 12 shots. He had five assists and two steals. He remains a hold. We don't know what happens with Simmons, but Maxey remains a hold. Shake Milton. Shake, shake, shake. A surprise starter, for sure. 16, 8, and 5 with two steals and two threes. Really good game from Shake. He can be a short-term guy if these guys remain out. Cork, Mars, Green, Harris. After that, I'm not so sure. Seth Curry had 16 points in the first quarter and then 7 points in the next three. He had 23 points with four threes. And this is what I talk about with Seth. Like, that's great. But zero rebounds, two assists, zero steals, and zero blocks. And if it wasn't for that big first quarter, it would have been pretty disappointing. He is fine for now while he has to get these shots final with no Simmons, no Harris, no Cork, Mars. He's fine, but I don't really see him maintaining long-term 12-team value. Embiid remains a buy low. He's still struggling, but it was a back-to-back. That's the second Sixers back-to-back of the year, and he's played in both of them. 19-9 and on 15 shots, 40%. That's rough. Right, and you think, don't think he had a point in the first quarter. So he did start to come on. He is a really big buy low. He's the 36th ranked player. But you do have to be cautious with the injuries. But that, you know, tying that in with poor performance, you can probably get him for a third round sort of guy. Georgie Niang wasn't quite as good as his other games, but 14-7 and seven has short-term value. Well, we know what the Painters are going to do. Matisse Thibel had one steal and three blocks. Some days it's three steals and one block. One day it's one steal and three blocks. Whatever it is, he's always given you those numbers, and that has value. But if you don't need them, then he's worth nothing. I want to see Paul Reed play more. Four and nine for him. Well, Drummond played 18 minutes, had eight and ten. Drummond is now outside the top 100 on a per-game basis, and that includes you know, like 15% of his games being played without Embiid. I do not think outside of injury that there's any reason to hold Drummo. There's just not enough value in a daily changes league. Well, for the Pistons, let's start with Cade Cunningham. Do you want to start with the good or the bad? He shot 24% from the field. He was one of seven from three. So that's one of what? Like 20 from three for the season. That's really bad. I'm marginally worried about his uh, shooting form. 
It looks a little bit different. And the one hit shot he hit was an end of shot clock logo shot, which went in. But the fact that he shot 24% and still had 18, 10, and 4 with a 3, he went 9 of 10 from the line, I've got really high hopes still. I thought he looked very in control when he had the ball. I thought he made things work better most of the time when he was out there. The shot just needs to start to go in. If anyone drops him, he's an automatic ad, and he is a buy low guy. At some point, I would assume that he won't continue to shoot at 25% or under from the field. It should come up. I thought also that Alf Stewart played well. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming galahs. Um, yeah, like, the numbers aren't great, 6 and 7, but he played 31 minutes, and I thought he played Embiid really well. He had this unbelievable uh, crossover and dunk on him as well. I thought he just played well, and it hasn't translated into numbers yet. I am still holding Isaiah Stewart. If you want to drop him, by all means. And if you're in a 10-teamer, I can see that. In a 12, I reckon you got to hold. The other player who looked better is Killian Hayes. 29 minutes, which is great. That's what's most important. He had a sore thumb as well and had to go out for a bit, but the fact that your mate Dwayne Casey played in those minutes is very encouraging. 10 points, two threes, a steal, two assists. He's nowhere near an ad, but he's playing better. The depressed penis played 38 minutes, Sadiq Bay. He's just not that good, is he? Seven points on 33% shooting, one three. He had four assists, which is encouraging. But he had those big games early on, and with Cade back, like he is an afterthought, like as he should be. I do not think that he is a significantly very good future piece. I don't rate him that way. Others will disagree with me, and that is completely fine. I just don't think that he's got many more levels to go, and I've been pretty consistent in saying that with him. I think he's still a hold, but in shallower formats, no worries. I think yeah, a Linux probably got to be considered a, a drop in the shallowest formats as well. He only played 17 minutes. He did have foul trouble. 11 and 5 with two threes. Yeah, that's not bad. And the numbers, are, the minutes are frustrating. And that ties into some of Stewart's high minutes too. But I think he is a hold in most, in 12-teamers. And then he's a, probably a drop in like a 10-team format would be, uh, would be my guess on that one. All right, let's look at the next game. The Utah Jazz on the road without Donovan Mitchell. They get a massive win against the Atlanta Hawks. I, I, the Hawks were up in this one and then they just melted. It was horrendous from them. Mike Conley. 13 points, 11 assists, two steals, and a block. He is the 46th-ranked player this season. Yes, there's going to be issues with him, for sure, sitting out with um, back-to-backs. That's going to happen. But he's been awesome. He's been so, so good. The shooting was rough here, but he had he was shooting well above his head before this, but he's been really good. And how about Jordan Clarkson? J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. This is what this guy does. He was really, really ice cold. And then I think he dropped 22 or 23 points in the second half. Ended with 30 points in 31 minutes. It helps that Donovan Mitchell was out for sure. He had four threes. But again, if we just move away from those points, four rebounds, three assists, zero steals, zero blocks. The 19 shots and 53% shooting is excellent. Six of seven from the line is excellent. But we've got to tie that into shooting that's not real, minutes that aren't real, usage that isn't real. So that's great. That's a great line. But when Mitchell's there, and then he doesn't shoot well. There's nothing there. Stream him. Use him. If you need points, no problem. But always look below the surface. Ingles played well too. But again, when Mitchell's back, he doesn't have this sort of latitude. 19 points with five threes while Bogdanovich dropped in 23. And the injured, uh-uh, injured Rudy Gobert had 13 and 15 in 33 minutes. He wasn't injured, just in case you didn't hear the bit at the start of the show. Uh, nine, uh, sorry, 13 and 15 while O'Neal had nine, six and six. And Whiteside, look, he did what he did. This is why if you add him, you add him. Seven rebounds, three blocks. That's fine. That is what you add him for. 
You don't add him for value in other categories, but you got three blocks and you got seven boards, and that, to me, is totally fine. While the Hawks, Trey Young, 21, 4, and 7, like it's totally fine. John Collins, only 31 minutes again. He's dealing with his sore foot, but 13 points, three threes, a steal, two blocks. Pretty solid. He's the 40th ranked player, but just doesn't get enough usage. Capella, I think he's okay now. He's not fully back, but he's okay. 13 and 10 and 36. While Bogdanovich, uh, Bogdan had eight points in his 30 minutes. Cam Reddish, two absolute turds in a row. Four points in 14 minutes for Reddish. Remember when he was getting like 27 a night? He is really down. And I talked at length about Reddish being a guy that when he's hot, you hold him and you can add him, but I don't expect it to continue. It has not continued. Drop him if you want. DeAndre Hunter, the shooting for him is being unbelievable. But much like yesterday, and someone called me out on this on Basketball Monster, without the shooting, the line is bad. Yesterday, he had, what, 20-something points with two rebounds, zero assists. Today, he has 14-2-2 on 78% shooting. He has had a steal in this game as well, but no blocks. Like that, And he missed all three of his free throws. If he goes back and shoots 45%, this is a disgustingly bad line. And he's still ranked 184th this season. I do not think that he is a must-roster 12-team league guy. If you want him, fine. This 80% plus shooting, unless you're insane, there's no way, you have no way of believing that that's going to continue. And the fact that he's supplementing it with Jordan Clarkson levels of nothingness should give you pause for concern. So I think that he's not a 12-team hold, nor is Cam Reddish. Um, Fanta Pants had six points in 16 minutes. Kevin Herter, not a lot good going on there with him. All right, let's move and let me tell you about Built Bar because Thanksgiving is coming up a few weeks away from Thanksgiving. And we know that Thanksgiving is about food and it's about yummy, delicious treats. But those pies, slices of pie, it's so many calories, 300 calories per slice, get out of here. Built Bar, 130 calories per bar and only four grams of sugar. So, Instead of having that calorie-dense pie, which they can be delicious, so is Built Bar, and you do it at a fraction of the nutritional penalty. Is that a phrase? Maybe it is. It is now. Anyway, so instead of that coconut cream pie, have a coconut Built Bar. Have a raspberry Built Bar instead of your raspberry pie. Built Bar, bring it to your family. Bring boxes and go, Thanksgiving gifts, everyone. It's Built Bar. Josh told me to give it to you, and they're going to love it. They're going to go, wow, look at this, 130 calories. How is this possible, Mr. Built Bar? And you're going to say, I don't know. It's a magic gift, and that's what we're giving thanks to giving thanks to Built Bar. So get yourself some Built Bar. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. The promo code is LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off at Built.com. Okay, the next game, the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat. Boston has looked sluggish. Miami has been dominating. So of course, the Celtics smashed the Heat. The Heat had a nine-point quarter. They had 33 points in the first half. You can't win when you do that. Good game from Schroeder in terms of Stats, I wouldn't say he's particularly good on the court, but 14, 5, and 6 with two steals, just hovering around 12-team value, which is good. While Jalen Brown had 13, 17 and 5, but had to exit with hamstring tightness. He's had a history of some hamstring problems in the past, so we hope that he is going to be um, fine, but we will get more of an update on that tomorrow. But that is obviously something that we need to watch with uh, Jalen Brown's uh, hammies. The buy low is very much in effect for Jason Tatum. He cannot hit anything. 10 points on 23% shooting. 67 from the line. Eight rebounds, two assists. He is looking like a disgustingly bad first-round pick. He is not this bad. I guess the worry with him is, is he's not actually injured. So what the hell is going on? Like Lillard, I can say there's an excuse. Yeah, Embiid, the knee's been bothering him. I don't know what's going on with this bloke. This is a disgustingly bad stretch. 
it will revert. I hope. It will revert. Buy low. Al Horford, finally a bit of a drop-off. 10 and 7 with two threes and two blocks, but a big dunk. And then the Rock DJ only played 24 minutes. No need to extend anyone really in this game, though. Four points, 10 boards, two steals for Rob Williams. Um, and I, you know what I just realized? I just realized that I didn't do all of the segments at the start of the show that I should have. And that is very disappointing. And I might do them straight after this, which is completely out of order. But we're going to have to do it. Oh, man, I am so upset with myself. Anyway... That's fine. Um, Marcus Smart, another horrendous shooting night. Four rebounds, two assists, and a steal, while Neesmith had 13 points and three threes. He came out of nowhere, Neesmith, to have a big game. I wouldn't necessarily rely upon it, but he showed that he possibly deserves more minutes. For the Heat, Bam out of buyer. Four assists. I believe that's a season high for Bam. Bam! 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 But only 13, 7, and 4, while Kyle Lowry had to exit the game late with an ankle injury. We hope he's okay. We don't know that, though. Six, seven, and five with three steals for Lowry on some poor shooting. If he is out, you're going to get someone like Gabe Vincent have to step into bigger minutes because Max Struess is also sidelined. Rough shooting from Jimmy Butler, 20 points on 18 shots and only the one steal, while Hero also struggled. Six points with seven rebounds in his 29 minutes. Just a bad night overall. While Duncan Robinson's the only guy that really got going, he hit five threes, but he also had 29% shooting. So pretty rough overall night from basically everyone on the Miami Heat. Now, this is what I forgot to do, which is, again, annoying. The most traded player. Let's do it now. It is Darren Fox. He's been the most traded player over the last 24 hours. Foxy has been dealt straight up for Tyler Hero. I think I'd rather Fox there. He's been dealt with Jordan Poole for Christian Wood. That's an interesting deal. I don't know which side of that I'd like. He was traded straight up for Mo Bumba. I would take Fox there, but... In a category league, it is really dependent on what value you need. And he was traded with Kemba Walker for Wendell Carter Jr. And imagine at the start of the year, if you said Fox was getting, getting combined with someone for Wendell. That's a crazy one to me. I would much rather take the Fox and Walker side than Carter. But that's how bad he's been playing this season. So their value is way down. You can get him at a very, very cheap price at the moment. And we'll see how long it lasts. We saw some signs of life from him in the last game. And the other thing I've got to do is the Watfo. Because that just reminded me, doing that Celtics game. Sunshot, put this in the comments, and please put your Watfos for next week down in the comments. Just write Watfo and put what you want to put in there. Watfo, what are the odds that the Celtics have four top 50 players this year? And yeah, per game, category league rankings. What are the odds they have four? So you got Jalen, Jason, Horford, and Rob Williams would be my expectation that he's putting it out there. I don't think that you're going to get four of those guys in the top 50. I think it's likely, at the moment, you don't have Tatum in there. I don't think Horford remains in there. And I think there's a chance Williams doesn't remain in there. But I can easily see the pathway for all of them being there. So I'm going to say it's a 38% chance that all four of those guys fall within this, the top 50 on a per-game basis at the end of the season. We'll see. Thank you, Sunshot, for your Watfo. All right, so let's go on to the next game of the night. The Houston Rockets, they did knock off, or knock off, sorry. They got knocked off by the Phoenix Suns, 123-111. Houston was up and keeping it close early, but like the Pelicans game, the Suns come back late to win by 12. The Crucifix Christian Wood was good across the board, 18, 15, five assists, three blocks, but horrendous free throw percentage again. Not as bad as the last two games. His free throw percentage has really brought his overall ranking down. But if you are punting that category, he's working right. I still don't understand why it's gotten so bad, but whatever. Uh, the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate had 15, 5, and 4. That's really solid. It came on hyper-efficient shooting. 
For now, yes, he is a 12-team league guy. I'm not convinced that it's going to stay while well. Alperen Shangun had 10-4-5. and five. I thought he looked all right. I do think they'll go back to Tice, and then the permanent switch will happen at some point in December, is my guess, but Shangun remains must roster. Pretty good night for Kevin Porter, I guess, from the surface. 20-6 and six with three assists, but no threes, no steals, no blocks. 41 from the field. That always drags him down. On a positive note for Cousin Kev, he had six of six from the line. So... Pretty good numbers uh, overall. And Jalen Green, horrendous shooting. Like That's going to be the problem with him. 21%. 16-3-3. Again, you just have to persist, I believe, with him. Eric Gordon had 12 points. Yeah, he's fine. As a 12-team a 12 streamer for points and threes, that's probably where he sits. On the Suns, Chris Paul had only nine points, but five rebounds, 13 assists, five steals, and two blocks. And Booker had 27-9. While DeAndre Ayton returned, he did foul out. At the end of the game, he got a technical foul for asking the ref, kids cover your ears. He didn't say kids cover your ears. He said, ref, what the fuck was that? And then they uh, they tossed him after that. 16-11 with a steal and a block, but just good to have him back. And good to have him with good usage. Unfortunately, he never gets the line at all, so no free throw attempts. While Bridges had 16 points and a block. And uh, you're going to be shocked to know this, that after the good game that he had last time, <sighs> Jay Crowder... Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. He had three points in 27 minutes. This is what he had. This And he was you know, added in so many leagues. And this is what you know, the risk is going to be. But he was fine to stream in today. It just, of course, it didn't work out. JaVale had two blocks and 11 points. He's a good deeper league blocks streamer, while um, Abdul Nadir really, really struggled. And Alfred Payton continues to provide good numbers while Cameron Payne's out. 6-5-6 six, and six for Payton. So deeper leagues, there is some short-term value in what Alfred Payton is doing. Um, it would be remiss of me not to mention the performance of Landry Shamit as well. He got super hot. 19 points in 19 minutes with four threes. Don't fall for that. He's not a top 300 player this year. So don't think that this is some sort of you know big thing that you've discovered and, and Landry Shamit's going to be this great option moving forward. I really don't believe that is going to be the case at all. All right, so let's go to the last game of the night and uh, the Lakers lose to the Oklahoma City Thunder for the second time this season. This time as 10.5 point home favorites. 107-104, the Thunder win it after the Lakers were up like 20 points in the first half. Just a... Well, things are not going well. I'll say that much for the Lakers. I know LeBron was out and a bunch of their rotation guys are out, but yeah, that's bad. Thunder haven't won against anybody else apart from the Lakers. Shea was amazing. 28 points, 6 assists, 4 triples. He hit a massive pull-up 3 with 18 seconds on the shot clock from the logo. Really to put this one out of reach. Huge game from Shea. After that really sluggish start, he's coming in now, top 50 player. And I, I do not believe fully in my heart that they're going to sit a healthy Shea. I think they want to push him for all NBA type uh, accolades. And I think it, they will be cautious with him with injury, but I, I'm not convinced they're just going to sit him. Giddy did not shoot well, five points on 22%. But this is the thing that I like about these sort of players. If the shots don't go in, and the usage was all right, like nine, nine shots is fine. Eight rebounds, eight assists, three steals, and a block. Keeps up great numbers, maintains top 80 value. Derek Favors played 28 minutes, had 10 and 11, but I can't guarantee he's even going to play in the next game. It could be Jeremiah Robinson Earl. It could be Isaiah Roby, who was out of the rotation completely again. Who knows? It's just all over the place. While Lou Dort returned, he had 16 points, including a crazy wide-open dunk towards the end. 16 points with three threes. I think he's a points guy. Points league player for sure, and a 14-team category guy. While Baisley had 14 points, he was efficient, but he only played 24 minutes. And it's just hard for me to get excited to see him as anything more than a streamer. But today is the perfect day to stream guys like that. With only five day games on, you just add him in and then you drop him after that. The Oklahoma City mudflap, Kenrich Williams played 30 minutes. He was preferred to Baisley. Um, 13 and 8 
with two triples for him in this game, while Jerome had 14 points and three triples in his 21 minutes. Let's talk Lakers. Let's talk Anthony Davis, who had 29, 17, and five, one steal and two blocks, a dominant performance from Davis. He also did have to go to the locker room. He didn't start the second half after suffering a thumb sprain, but played through it. Just a massive game from Davis and hit his free throw, seven of nine. Carmelo Anthony's hot streak continues. And while LeBron is out and Ariza is out and Nunn is out and Horton Tucker out, Mallow's going to continue to get a lot of minutes and a lot of shots. The defensive stats are like career high levels. He had 21 and six with five threes, two steals and a block. I do not believe that Carmelo Anthony is going to maintain this. He is a gigantic sell high for his name value alone. This is not to diminish anything he has done because he's playing really well. He's shooting unbelievably and the defensive stats are great. I just do not see sustainability in it. You might disagree and you might just love having Mallow go off and that's fine. But I would be trying to extract something. Russell Westbrook, he's definitely extracting something. He's extracting the urine with the way that he plays. It is absolute piss take from him watching him at some times. 27-6-5 looks great. He hit three threes. He hit all four of his free throws. But an insane turnover. What the hell was he doing on that Lou Dort dunk at the end where he just floats off? People tell me Westbrook's a good defender. He is actually dreadful. And not to say that the Lakers won't be better because they will when they get their players back. But trading away those guys for Westbrook when he didn't make sense to fit with the team, in hindsight, at this early point, you would have to say it's been a failure. That doesn't mean that it will remain a failure. It might improve. But all of, when all of the problems that you foresee happening happen, that's not a good sign for the future, is it? And you're going to all disagree with me. Just wait till Russ gets it back. You know, wait till LeBron's there. Russ will get comfortable. You know, huffing, puffing emoji face. You know, all that bullshit that people do. This is just what Russ has been, though, for so many years. And it is not working here. You don't drop him in fantasy, but we were obviously worried about him heading into this season. Outside of those three guys, no one else did anything. Avery Bradley had nine points in 32 minutes. Baysmore had two points in his 22 minutes. Rondo played 50 minutes. Actually, that's going to get me started on something. Frank Vogel. Now, the Lakers are struggling. They don't look crisp at all, and there are reasons for that injury-wise. Frank Vogel said something in the pregame speech that annoyed the absolute shit out of me, and I'll tell you what it was. He was like, we don't like the combo of Westbrook and Rondo playing together. Rightfully so. I'm glad that you've realized that. And Rondo hasn't even been in the rotation of late, which again is the correct decision. But then he comes out and says, well, we're going to have to play him together because with the way that Russ likes to play with his substitution methods, he doesn't like to play eight minutes and sit eight minutes. He likes to play, then have a three-minute breather and come back in. So we're going to have to play him together because we just got to get our best players on the floor. Now, Frank, Frank, if you're listening, Rajon Rondo is not one of your best players. I don't care under what metric you're using, he is not one of your best players. So you do not have to cater a single kid's ears, a single fucking thing to anything that Rondo wants in terms of playing time. If Russ, and we can argue where Russell sits in the hierarchy of this Lakers team, he's obviously not in the best, or he's probably not in the best three players at the moment with the way the Mallow's going, but wherever he sits, right? He is a key rotation piece. He's very, very good. He has his foibles. We know that, but he's good. All right, if Russ doesn't want this certain substitution pattern and he wants to play these minutes and come off, you do it. And then for those three minutes that he sits, Rajon, you trot your sorry ass out there. You play those minutes and then you come off. It is the most basic thing in the world, Frank. So don't tell me you have to play them together because I 100% guarantee you do not. You do not have to play them together. You can play Rondo every single minute that Westbrook is not on the court. But as soon as Westbrook checks back in, you know who the bloke that you call off is? 
it's Rajon Rondo. Call him off. It is the simplest decision in the world. And the fact that he gets this so wrong while knowing that they don't work together, you do not have to play them together. Get him off. I'm not saying that that costs in the game, but it is a complete lack of logic and it is kowtowing to players who used to be good but haven't been for 10 years, if that's what you're doing with Rondo. But he doesn't have that match power because you haven't even been playing him. So surely if he's not even getting in the rotation, he understands his role, you can just play in those minutes that Westbrook's not there. Absolutely baffling shit when I heard that pregame. And they played together because you know, Westbrook played, what, 35 minutes and Rondo played 15. It didn't have to play, didn't play huge amounts, but it, it is just a, a lack of critical thinking or common sense into how that goes. Now, they didn't play together a huge amount, but it's still more minutes than needed to happen. And that quote at the start was very, very concerning to me that you don't work out that it's very easy to do that. That really, it just annoyed me. It annoyed me so, so much. I'm not actually that angry, guys. It's okay. All right, the top nine players for today's action. Number one was Tony Davis. Number two was Chris Paul. Number three was Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Four was Devin Booker. Five was Jeremy Grant, who played really well for the Pistons. I don't know if I actually talked too much about him earlier on. Six was Tyrese Maxey. Seven was the crucifix Christian Wood. Seven was Jordan Clarkson. Eight was Mike Conley. And ten... Oh, sorry, is that nothing? Did I miscount there? Maxi six, Wood seven, Clarkson eight, Conley nine, Ingles ten. So three Jazz guys, eight, nine, and ten. We're talking about guys who weren't rostered in 50% of leagues. Shamit at one, good performance. Don't read into it. Shake Milton, okay short-term stream. Derek Favors, eh. Royce O'Neal, always a low-volume day streamer. That's it. Alfred Payton, deeper leagues. Pay attention with campaign out. George Niang, short-term guy for sure. Aaron Neesmith, came out of nowhere. Killian Hayes, watch him. Kenrich Williams, eh, probably not. Lou Dort, streamer, points league, 14-team league guy. And then let's look at points leagues. The top 10 players, Davis, Chris Paul, Christian Wood, Devin Booker, Shea Gildas-Alexander, Jeremy Grant, Trey Young, Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley, and Jordan Clarkson at number 10. So three Jazz in 8, 9, and 10 in points leagues as well. Guys, that will do it for today's show. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. But if you're here on YouTube, give it a thumbs up. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.